Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And today on the podcast, I've got our deacon of Sacred City Youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And my pastoral assistant, Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. And we are going to be discussing a rather hot topic. Um, should a Christian carry a weapon? Should a Christian carry a concealed handgun? Mm. Um, now, just to let our listeners know that there is some disagreement among some folks about this, probably even some folks in our own church. Um, I would imagine people from different parts of California and Illinois maybe differ from uh, us here in Iowa and how we interpret things and how we run things, but hopefully we can go back to the Word of God and we can see some uh, principles there that we that can help us navigate this kind of difficult um, topic. Um, when you guys, what's your what's you like? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you, if somebody asks you like, can a should a Christian carry a gun? I just think automatically just protecting yourself. You know, you, you think of having the tools that are needed to protect yourself um, just in case, you know, something did happen. You know, a lot of people throughout the summer were afraid for riots and all these things that were happening. And do you have the tools you need to protect you and your home? Okay. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I go back and forth because the, uh, the emotional side of me, same kind of thing, protecting the people I care about. Um and then I just wonder, would Jesus have carried a gun? And so, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> would Jesus need a gun? Oh, that's true. When the crowd went to take him by force, he just slipped through the midst of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, would Jesus carry a gun? No. Jesus did not need a gun. He is God. Yeah. He could just cast demons out of fools that are trying to you know, jump him oh, yeah. and throw him into pigs. He could do whatever he wanted to. So no, Jesus, of course, would not. And Jesus had a very specific uh, mission as well. Um, you know, but that, but yeah, I think that's, that thought is kind of prevalent. And there's also, there is a pacifistic strand or stream within Christianity mm -hmm. that believes um that violence is always kind of mm -hmm. sinful yeah. and always wrong. Um, I, I do not believe that. I don't think scripture teaches that. I think that's a um, misinterpreting the New Testament and, and, and driving a huge wedge between the Old Testament and the New Testament where the Old Testament doesn't even make sense anymore if, if you believe that to be true. Um, nor does it make sense of the um, the New Testament where... where Jesus uh, will destroy all of his enemies at the, mm -hmm. at the end of time. So he doesn't need a gun. He's got a sword that comes out of his mouth. That's mm -hmm. uh, good enough for him. Um, so, but Christianity is not uh, pacifistic. And we could talk about this sometime in the future, but theologians have talked about the, 
the just war theory, that there are certain qualifications that need to be met in order for a war to be biblically just. And most wars aren't, let's just say it, most wars aren't, but there are reasons uh, to go to war. Now, um, a couple years ago, the Jerry Falwell Jr., who I am not a fan of, but he was the CEO or the president or whatever of my alma mater where I got my undergrad at Liberty University, he did a convocation or something where he he told everybody, uh, all of his students, uh, we want you to get concealed carry. We want you to carry, we want you to carry weapons um, on campus. Hmm. And now the reason he did that, and most schools, um, there's even, you know, I think a federal law banning. You're not supposed to be able to carry a weapon on school unless you're a security guard or something. But, um, but he, the, his thinking was there had been a lot, there had been a lot of, of shootings on college campuses mm-hmm. and people coming in to auditoriums and just opening fire. Mm-hmm. And if, ev- if there's a thousand people in that room and the only guy that has a gun is a terrorist or, you know, a domestic terrorist, whatever you want to call him, everybody else is just sitting ducks. Right. So Falwell said, um, I want our, I want honorable, ethical, law-abiding young men and women to go take a course and get a concealed carry permit and carry a weapon so that you have a fighting chance in that scenario or you can fight and save lives in that scenario, okay? Well, when he did this, now he said a couple things that were a little, you know, pugnacious. You know, terrorists, come on our campus. We're going to show them what's up or something like that, you know? Uh, I disagree with that kind of language. That's, that's really kind of John Wayne cowboy type of language. But then John Piper wrote a response, like nine reasons why Christians shouldn't carry weapons or something like that. And it was very bizarre to read it because I, I agree with Piper on so many things and I'm reading it. I'm like, what, what, what? Mm-hmm. Completely disagree with you, John. I, and I don't think I don't think you're right. And I think you're completely missing some major points. And then uh, one of my mentors, Bob Thune, uh, wrote a rebuttal to it. Three things that three reasons why he disagrees with John Piper. And I thought it was a great article. And you guys can go. Um, uh, we'll put both. We'll put links to both articles in the show notes of this, so you can go read them. Um, but. Here is why, I'll just tell you, here is why I think it is biblically permissible for a Christian to carry a gun. And I would say whether you should or not is up to you and your conscience. But here's why I think it is biblically permissible. Um, number one, we are to love God above everything else, right? And then what's the second commandment? Love your neighbor. Love love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself, okay? If you are in a supermarket and a gunman comes in, right? 
how, what is the most loving thing you could do for your neighbor? Well, you could like jump in front of a bullet for him and take one. The problem is you fall down dead, your neighbor's still standing there and there's still a gunman, Mm -hmm. right? right? So the only thing that stops a bad man with the weapon is a good man with the weapon, right? And so I think it's an act of love, loving my brothers, loving my family, loving my children, to step in front of them and to draw a, draw a weapon and to put down the bad man, yeah. right? I think it's good for society. I think it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a deterrent towards foolishness and sinfulness and this rampage. If every one of these guys gets, you know, if they, they draw a weapon in a movie theater, they draw a weapon on campus, they draw a weapon, and they don't get to go on a 40-person massacre. Mm, right. They get a couple shots off and then boom, they're down. Um, I think it deters. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be movie stars, right? They're not gonna be made into like little demigods of for all the disturbed people in the world to idolize. They're gonna look like fools that were evil and they got put down. Mm. Uh, I just saw, and this is not Christian, but a deputy. These two, they were doing. A, they pulled over this guy in Texas, no Florida, and they were talking to him. And then somebody jumped out of the car with it with a assault rifle of some kind or, you know, and started shooting the, at the police officers and the police officers put him down. And then they, uh, they police officers, I think got shot. And then they just like emptied their clips at him. And people were like, "Why? Well, I can't believe they, they shot him so many times. And the chief that was talking, he said, evil is never dead enough. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, <laughs> it's true. You know, it's true. Like, um, evil is never dead enough. And to not, to just simply give my life to try to d- jump in front of a bu- bullet of someone doesn't end the evil, right? The evil still exists for who knows how much longer and could take more people out, right? So what I believe the most loving thing a person could do in that scenario is kill the bad guy, okay? So... But in that, I think there need. I think each person needs to think through what that means for them. Okay, now this is what I mean. If I'm a single guy and someone's trying to rob me at gunpoint, even, okay, give me all your money. For me, I'm going to just give him my money. I'm not going to draw my weapon. I'm not going to. Shoot this guy. As long as I think I can get out of there with my life, I'm going to let him go. Now, why, why would I do that? Because in that scenario, I'm, it's just me and him. Yeah. I'm only protecting myself, mm-hmm. right? And I think just simply like self-protection, I could see how there could be biblical warrant for just let the Lord work this out, trust the Lord in this situation, Right? even though legally you would be justified to do it, right? Uh, legally, you'd, like somebody's breaking into your car, right? You don't run out and shoot them. 
right? That's your personal property. As a Christian, I'm going to be upset about it. I'm going to be mad about it, but I'm not going to go, you're not going to go out there. You're, I'm going to take the loss, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to take a life for my CDs or something right. in my car, right? Like, or yeah. even just protect my, my car from being stolen. Yeah. But for me, I have five kids. So if somebody comes and holds me up, now if I think I can just hand them my gun or hand them my gun, hand them my uh, wallet and be, gu- be done with it, that's totally fine. But if it's an armed scenario where I feel like they are, they're, they're, they're going to kill me, mm-hmm. for me, I'm not just trying to protect my life. I'm thinking about my wife and I'm thinking about my five children yeah. who, would, who would be without a father, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm loving them by probably in, engaging, engaging this bad guy, mm-hmm. okay? So one, I think you can make a, a, a biblical argument for the love of neighbor. Uh, and, the, and, you know, if someone's trying to kill my kids, the most loving thing for me to do is to get in front of that and kill that guy, mm-hmm. right? And so... You're breaking into my home. That's a different scenario. If you're armed and you're breaking into my home, I got kids in this house. You come, you come across this, this threshold and you're not going to make it more than a couple steps before, you, before you're put down. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, and, and that's, again, because I am the protector of my family. Right. So what does it look like for people that can't like make those decisions in, in that moment, right? Those are normally hot moments, and that's why a lot of people are maybe scared because they could make the wrong decision, right? Oh, 100%. So, yes, you're 100% right. If you're waiting until that moment to make these decisions, it's way too late. Yeah. You've got to think through all of the, as many scenarios as you possibly can. You've got to think through and you've got to decide beforehand what will you do mm-hmm. in this scenario? What will you do if somebody pulls a gun in the movie theater? What will you do if somebody pulls a gun in church? This is like crazy people. It seems like crazy. This is crazy people's favorite place to shoot people now is in is in church. You know, what what will you do? Um, you you have to make those decisions and go through those scenarios beforehand. And you also got to know, you know, where you're kind of biblically qualified to do it and where you're not. Where you're what what the law requires. So let's get into that. What the law requires. So the other argument is. Actually, from Romans 13. Uh, in Romans 13, um, the Apostle Paul tells us that, the, that God has given the government the power of the sword to punish evildoers. Well, the government, especially in a democracy, the government isn't just... Uh, military and police and the king or whatever, you know, in a democracy, we're all a part of that. We're all a part of that. And we're, we're meant to, you know, we, you can hear things like citizens arrests and things like this. You're meant, we're meant, we're an acting participant in the keeping of the peace and the keeping, keeping of law and order. This is why in America we have the second amendment the second amendment that we have a right to bear and keep arms and this right shall not be infringed upon. Right? So we have, we've been legally given a right to carry a weapon and to prevent 
you know, prevent evil from, from happening, right? It's, it's meant to be a deterrent. It's meant to be a detriment to evil and to wickedness and to lawlessness. In Iowa, we have what's now called constitutional carry. So before you used to have to go and you have to get a special concealed carry permit and to do a little bit of training to be able to uh, conceal carry a weapon. Well, now it's constitutional carry, so you can carry just by being a citizen and not not a felon and everything. You can be a citizen, um, you know, of Iowa and uh, a resident of Iowa, and you can you can conceal carry. So, number one, I think it's so. I think a Christian could conceal carry out of love. Um, two, I think a Christian conceal carry um, out of the biblical precedent of being a part of the government that's we're, we're, we've been given the, uh, the power to wield the sword, um, through our government. And three, I think it's an extrapolation of, which is kind of bizarre what I'm going to say here. It's an extrapolation of the sixth commandment. The sixth commandment is thou shalt not commit murder. Okay. Well, what, when you study the sixth commandment, what it means is we are pro-life, right? We want to protect life. We want to protect life in the womb. We want to protect the, lo- the ones around us. We want to protect our neighbors. And so ironically, the, the commandment that many people think is thou shalt not kill, which is not, it's thou shalt not murder, which is murder is totally different than, than killing. Um, it's, a, it's a different category. Um, you see this in our legal code, but you also see it in the Old Testament that there's there's manslaughter, there's killing somebody by by accident, and then there's murder, which is you, know, you could call it premeditated. It's, it's purposeful murder. Somebody walks in, on, they're at the, your school or at this place, and their intent is to kill. They're coming to murder. Mm-hmm. Well, because we're pro-life, we would kill that murderer, right? And so those are three biblical arguments that I would make that would that I would say these are three biblical arguments that would say yeah a Christian can conceal carry now should a Christian conceal carry that's a, a more a, a question of conscience it's also a question of and I would just tell you this um, no one should this is a practical aside here no one should carry a weapon unless they've taken a safety course. I wouldn't even want anybody to carry a weapon unless they've trained extensively on that weapon. Because think about our biblical reasoning. If you were to, to if you were to being attacked or there's something going on in a restaurant or whatever happened and you were to pull that weapon and you're not trained with that weapon, you could shoot and you could hurt an, you could hurt an innocent person or you could kill an innocent bystander, somebody behind your target or something like that. Well, now you've, you know, uh, wrongfully committed manslaughter or something along those lines. And so you've made a, a bad situation even worse. Um, <clears throat> and then you might be going, now, you know, you're, you're, getting, you're, you're going to jail. Yeah. You're going to jail and you're going to leave your family behind anyways, right? Yeah. So there's, or, and we don't want you to, you know, you don't want to, act, like you've already talked about, react emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of different reasons. So I would say if you are, if you feel like you, um, you want to be a defender and you want to be um, a protector and that you feel called to, 
to carry a concealed weapon, I would say you need to take some take take a shooting clinic, take a pistol one course, yeah. go put thousands of rounds down range, so that you, if you ever have to be put in that situation and you and you draw your pistol, you um, you will hit your intended target. You'll make a wise decision, and uh, you just you know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Any thoughts, guys? Who shouldn't carry a firearm wisely? Or who would it be unwise to carry a firearm? Does that question make sense? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. So, again, like like Alex talked about, you got to think through the scenarios where you will and you won't carry. Mm. Okay? So, um. I could seal carry most of the time. Mm-hmm. I have for probably five years at least. I never can seal carry at church. Mm. Now, why? <clears throat> because I'm there to minister, right? Mm-hmm. I'm there to minister. Now, this is just insight into my head. When all the sh- when a lot of the school shootings when it when a school shooting comes up in the newsfeed. It bothers me deeply. Sure. And when I'm down worshiping down front, um, my mind will go to things like that. Mm. Like what it, because I, I, would, I would assume anybody that comes in to the church that wanting to cause harm, the first person they're probably going to shoot is me. Right. I'm on stage, easy target. Um, and so that, that, that's concerning, right? And then when, I, when people come in and they look a little, you know, concerning, a little nervous or, or they're doing weird things, you know, it, it piques my interest and I, I get a little, little nervous. <clears throat> so I, I am there to minister. <clears throat> and if I die in the pulpit, I die in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would, I, I would never, I don't ever conceal carry church functions. Okay. Now, even when I go down and we're on mission down at hope at the brick house and we're in kind of a rougher part of town and, there could be p- potentials for for violence and things. Um, I don't conceal carry. I don't. I don't come. Like in those situations, I'm there as a minister of the gospel, and um, and so I'm. I, I've made the choice not to, not not to carry there. <clears throat> um, however, obviously there are people in our church, and I'm thankful for them who do conceal carry during church, and yeah. they're there to protect me and to protect life and to protect others. Yeah. Um, and, and I know them and I know I've, uh, uh, about a dozen of them I've, uh, went through a pistol one course with, and they've, they, I'll tell you what, they are some dead eye shots, man. And I pity the fool whoever tries to do something stupid like that in our church. Um, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really thankful for them. So, um, so that, so, so that's in a situation for me. Where I I don't th- I wouldn't I don't I don't carry sure right and I don't I don't think it's right for me to carry <clears throat> now I heard of another guy who um, he's a pastor and a minister and he he also concealed carries and but he's really big in the abolitionist movement to try to end abortion and when he goes to uh, these 
anti-abortion rallies and things like that where he's getting violently assaulted and he's getting yelled at and spit on. He doesn't carry. Right. When he's there, like I'm putting myself in harm in harm's way. If I die, I die. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, and that you see like same thing, like you see the, the apostle Paul and Peter as they're, they're getting beat up. They just, they get beat up. Like they're not standing up for their rights or doing anything like that. Right. right. And so that's when I see myself as ministering and other people as ministering, that's, that's an, I would say not, you shouldn't carry. Mm -hmm. um, number two, if you've been drinking, if you've been drinking at all, you should not carry, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, if you are not a good shot, <laughs> you should not carry. Mm -hmm. If you have not trained your firearm, you should not carry. Um, if you are, you know, if any reason you've, it's illegal. You should not carry. If you're a felon or anything like that, you should not carry. Um, man, this is this is literally off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, if you have, if you're prone to, uh, you know, some mental thing, mental disorders, you know, or even deep depression, you probably you probably shouldn't even have a gun, yeah. you know, in in your house. Um, <clears throat> I think there's probably a lot more sure. that um. I'm not thinking of. Mm. Um, yeah, any other thoughts or questions? Yeah, so I could just see somebody's pushback. You said you don't carry when you're functioning as a minister of the gospel. And so how would you answer somebody who says, well, you're always a minister of the gospel? How, how do you make that distinction, or do you? Yeah, great question. Hold on that. That red breast Irish whiskey just got my throat right there. <laughs> Let me up. Um, I would agree with them mm -hmm. that I am always a minister of the gospel. Right. But there's a difference between my public ministry of the gospel and my private ministry of the gospel. Yeah. And um, I've got a podcast idea kind of written up that I want to address that specifically. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Because there is a difference between public ministry and private ministry. Right. Character-wise, I'm always the same. I'm the same guy in the pulpit as I am when I'm ministering in my home or in my neighborhood. But um, <clears throat> it's different. That's all I can say is it's different. Paul shows, when, when, when the Corinthians say, man, when you write these letters to us, you're so aggressive and you're, so, you're just yelling, you know, you're just busting us out. But then when you come near, you're all humble and quiet when you're in, in present, you know, when you're present with us. And that showed he had a public and a private ministry. Right. When he's ministering face to face with people, he's speaking in a different tone. Mm -hmm. uh, but when he's dealing with a whole church, he's got to say things in a way that get their attention, mm -hmm. that draw clear lines in the sands. That's not overly nuanced that people don't know the, difference between right and wrong. And so the same thing, when I'm preaching the gospel, I'm, I'm doing that as yeah. well. Um, and, and I think most people somewhere in their gut, mm -hmm. they get that, yeah. you know? Um, but I think it needs to be, it needs to be pointed out. Yeah, you know? definitely. Cause I'm, all, I'm um, like, when I'm preaching the gospel, like I am, that's what I am first. I'm a preacher right now, mm -hmm. right? I'm a public minister of the gospel. When in my neighborhood, I'm a lot of things. I'm my kid's dad. Um, I'm a neighbor, 
I'm, I'm just a, a, a Christian man. Mm-hmm. I'm a protector, right? That's one of the things right. that I am. Yeah. So, What do you say to the people that, um, some that may be, you know, just afraid of weapons and they just kind of automatically just push against this? Um, could be from their upbringing, um, could be from what they saw. But. Yeah. Well, rightly so. Uh, anything you don't understand, you can be, you can be afraid of. Um, the best way to not get afraid of it is to take a course or mm-hmm. take yep. a clinic or go, you know, somebody in the church that you know that's, that's qualified, that you go with them and, and, um, and you check it out and see what it's, see what it's all about, yep. right? Um, that's, the, that's the best way. That a firearm, now I've, you know, I hunt and do different things like that, but a firearm is a tool. It is not bad. It is not intrinsically evil. Mm-hmm. It's it's a tool that be, can be used for good and a tool that can be used for evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I know there's a there's a movement right now, even in our culture, to kind of like demonize what they call AR style weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and first off, if, just so everyone knows. And I'm not an expert on this by any way, means, but us, ARs are illegal. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. ARs are illegal. Assault rifles are illegal. Now, you will hear liberal politicians talk about wanting to ban AR-15s. And, well, there's two letters that are saying they're AR, but an AR-15 is not an assault rifle. Mm. They, they say they are. Because either they don't know or they're just trying to take away people's ability to use these weapons. But an AR-15, all it is, is a rifle. It's an, it used to be called an Armalite rifle. That's the AR. It doesn't stand for assault rifle. It's Armalite rifle. And, it's, and here's the crazy thing that pe- most people don't know. It is the number one rifle in all the United States. Mm. There's more AR-15s than any... If you think of rifle and you think of John Wayne, like, you know, Winchester, or you think of maybe your grandpa's, you know, deer rifle, um, those are old-style rifles. Those are not the predominant rifle of today. Mm-hmm. They, and they are not assault rifle. Assault rifle, you know, you just basically hold down the trigger and, you know, it's yeah. a machine gun. Yeah. Those are illegal. Only certain people can have those guns. Um. And so, um, but there, there's a lot of pushback and I understand people think, well, nobody needs these weapons. Nobody needs these weapons. Well, people hunt with these weapons. Yeah. People play with these weapons. Like it's, it, it's a, it's a fun pastime. And people also use these weapons to protect their livelihood and to pr- protect others. Yeah. Um, now it wasn't too long ago when we had, after the George Floyd, uh, incident, we had a huge riot yeah. in, um, in in Davenport, and I had never gotten it, got a rifle, uh, um, but before then I had you know I had a shotgun, I had some handguns, and I had some different things, and and then um, we're watching this play out where there's a hundred vehicles rioting and looting and driving around town. And my house had been, I had an attempted burglary a few months before. I had people break into my truck and steal some things. 
and then I put up cameras and then they broke it. They were trying, they broke into my back porch and they bent my handle on my door and they were, I have them on video trying to pry open my windows and my kids were in terror. My kids were praying and, and still do like two years later now that no one breaks in and tries to kill us. Like that's my kid's bedtime prayer. Mm. Um, and, and once I kind of saw like, oh my goodness, imagine just three of those vehicles, three out of a hundred. Yeah. I was, my, my house was less than a mile from, it's less than a mile from the mall and they were yeah. meeting at the mall. Imagine just three of those vehicles pulling up on my block and coming to my front door and my back door at the same time mm. and deciding to break in. Yeah. Well, for me, I was like, oh, well, this little bitty handgun, yeah. th- this little bitty handgun ain't enough. I think your wife holding the shotgun is not enough. <laughs> my wife, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, Javin, get your slingshot. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and so for, for the first time for me, I was like, man, um, I need I need something that's got more bullets. Ultimately, I need something yeah. that's got more bullets, got some more firepower. And so, for me, that's that's why that's why I did that. You know, and uh, I, I I bought an AR I bought an AR fifteen. You know, and uh, and I enjoy shooting it when I can afford it. because <laughs> yeah. the price of ammunition is and insane. it's hard to find them too, right? Yeah, it's hard to find. It's hard to find. Um, but 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 again, you know and. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know how we got. I don't know how we got off on that right there. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, um, I think it's just like key, like you said, that um, for sure that we need to make sure that we're um, going to the, the course, making sure that you're getting trained, mm-hmm. and um, being a part of a, a community of people that are continually helping you know how to utilize this firearm on a regular basis so that you know exactly what you're doing because you don't want to hurt anyone else if it's not needed, you yep, know? Absolutely. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so there you have it. Um, I am not fear mongering. I'm not saying, telling you all, everybody needs to go dig a bunker and buy a bunch of weapons and buy a firearm. I wouldn't, I mean, shoot, super hard to find them right now anyways. <laughs> but I think it's important that at least we have some kind of, uh, biblical understanding of why it's right mm. or why it's wrong yeah. or whatever. And again, it's, this is also a, um, a conscience issue, mm-hmm. right? And if you've got s- some things that I, that I haven't thought about or I'm not thinking about and you've got some pushback, um, yeah, email me, Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. Mm. I would love to hear it. You can read the article by Piper and you can read the article by uh, Bob Thune in the show notes. If you guys got any questions, email me. Um, we love you. Hope to hear from you soon. God bless. God bless.